Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this wonderful morning. Thank you for the gift of this uh, new day. Thank you for the gift uh, of the love that you have given us, O oh Lord, we can keep serving you. We pray that you speak to us in the language that we understand clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Uh, before we go on, uh, we are going to going to share from the gospel according to uh, Saint John, John twelve, uh, verse twelve, verse twenty to twenty two. John twelve twenty twenty two. It leads. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship. At the festival, they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus, the word of God. So we are going to look at uh, the theme, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. First and foremost, I would like to thank God for all that he's doing for us. And I would like also to thank you so much for holding, keeping us in your prayers. And mostly we thank you so much, Christ the King family. Uh, for hosting this, because it is the first time Mike to be here, but now at the church, believers, willingly, with love, you have accepted to host this um, so that everything can go well. We really thank you so much. I want to thank you also for your continuous prayers for us, I'm so glad if our children, Irene, Samuel, Asante, and Grace, and also my wife, Monica, uh, are doing well. Thank you so much that uh, Monica is getting better now, and even next, uh, next month we'll uh, be going for a checkup to see uh, the progress. Thank you so much for supporting us in all ways. Please do receive greetings from brothers and the sisters in the Lord uh, from Biharamuro, uh, your, your diocese of Biharamuro, and also Father Alex, whom you know him well, sends greetings. Uh, at the first service, I told them that uh, I want to bring a very uh, huge and special gratitude for what you donated when uh, we were here with Alex. We went back, we, we went back home with the very big bags which were full of clothes, shoes, and the other things that really uh, helped so much, so much uh, to our people in the village. Because 
Sometimes you may feel, oh, this is just a clothes. This is just a shirt. This is just a trouser. But what you are doing makes a difference in our community. Because you find that many children, they are struggling. They have no clothes. Their family, their parents are struggling to find them, to look for food. So they have no money to, to buy T-shirt, shirt, trouser, or shorts, whatever. So uh, the donation of the clothes and the other things that you really uh, donated uh, makes made a difference in our, in our village. Thank you so much, uh, even to Deacon Cullen. Uh, yes, she organized that. Thank you, thank you so much. But now this time, because I'm alone, uh, I think you will organize next time. When I, when, when I come so that I can go back with, with other bags. <laughs> you got to know that when we took this down to the airport, John Crispin loaded up his van with these bags. I mean, these bags were endless, and they were heavy. And we got to the counter, right, and there's eight stations. And I'm saying, Lord, just let us be at the first one. Well, we're all the way down at number eight. We're dragging these bags, and they're weighing them, and they're overweight. And I'm saying to the vitalis, you, you better have brought some cash, buddy. And the guy who's doing it says gold bars, <laughs> like that. And I'm going, this is going to be amazing. So when he was done weighing it all, I looked up and said, and? And he looked at us and said, have a nice day. <laughs> Nothing. And we had been we had been talking about why they were here and where they were going and what was in these bags and what was, what it was going to be. And he was listening. And all he said was, "Have a nice day." He was the right guy. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Don't count those minutes that he has used because I'm going to preach for three hours. They know because in, in Africa, uh, ordination or consecration, there is no ordination or consecration. It can take two hours. I think five to seven hours, so relax for today. <laughs> for the first time that you can stay here for five hours. Shall I survive, Lily? <laughs> so, uh, thank you, Lily, so much because, you know, you are doing a great job. Like uh, you have what you call shoe, shoebox, yeah, shoebox. In our, in I think in our country or in our area, we don't get them. Yes, I've I've never seen that. It was my first time to see that you have shoebox like that. So I don't know how uh, it can be connected to our country or to our area, but I'll be trying to carry bags as much as I can. God bless you so much. Uh, I'm so happy to be back home. I love you, friends. Uh, thank you, Mama and Papa. They are really taking care of me. I do enjoy uh, uh, almost everything. Everyone. <laughs> everything feels good. Everyone, everyone feels good to be loved. 
Love makes the difference. Love heals the wounds. Love brings joy. So what you're little doing to my life, to my ministry, to my heart, you really uh, contribute huge uh, so that I can uh, keep moving. Uh, I was so surprised even on Thursday we went uh, with Father Don to grace school. So when we entered the class, you know, I was so surprised to see that even children can stand and grab me like nothing. You know, you really, you really feel good. I really feel at home. So I do remember you as in the Epistle of Paul to Philippians uh, said, Paul said to Philippians uh, 1, uh, Philippians 1, 3, he said, I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Because for your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Because of your love, because of uh, your partnership we have in Christ Jesus, in the mission, the ministry that I lead to remember you, uh, friends. If you look to the world today, things are changing, fighting our faith. Even some church leaders who are not faithful are following the ways of this world. You even heard what happened in, in the Church of England recently. You really wonder how comes a whole bishop, a whole priest, you know, blessing a man with a man as a wife and a husband. You know, all those things, they are happening, fighting our faith. Dear friends, I want to encourage you to always stand up for the truth of the gospel, even if you stand alone in this city or in this country. I was so happy when I was uh, looking at the, uh, at, at the YouTube, uh, the revival that is happening at the University of, I think, Asba. Well, I, will, I was really so happy. That is a seed that God is planting. You know, it will do something in this country. Uh, please don't forget of why you left the Episcopal Church. And they keep living the purpose. Keep trusting God and be faithful to the truth of the gospel. Stand up for what is light, even if it means standing alone. Why should we stand up for what is light? One, it builds respect. It builds confidence. It helps to discover who you are. No matter that others will not Understand, will not recognize, but it helps to discover who you are. We are the missionary parish. We are the missionary church. 
In simple terms, the church is the God's people, the community or family of believers. This means we are missionaries. And one of the cardinal works for a missionary is to reach out to take the good news to the lost and to encourage those that are suffering from different challenges. The center of our mission work is to preach about Jesus. Christ must be our center. So our responsibility or our mission is to make him known to many by our faith, words, and deeds. Our lives as the God's people must reflect the image of Christ and help others to see Jesus through us. Always what he needs to be in, uh, in the missionary's heart is to make the difference and live the God's purpose. The life that makes the meaning. The issue is not how much we know. The issue is what contribution do we offer to make the difference in this world. And sometimes it costs a lot. Because when you stand for a truth, do expect the cost. But are we ready to pay the cost? Are we ready to be rejected because we are standing for the truth? In John 12, we read about some Greeks who were in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover. They came to one of Jesus' disciples, Philip with a request, sir, we would like to see Jesus. These Greeks were among the many people, Jews as well as Gentiles, from throughout the Roman Empire who had come to Jerusalem during this Passion Week to celebrate the Passover festival and the worship at the temple. No doubt they had heard many reports about Jesus including the lesson knew that he had raised Lazarus of Bethan from the dead. These Greeks probably attended synagogue worship in their hometowns and allegedly uh, traveled to Jerusalem to, ce to celebrate festivals. But when they came to worship at the temple, they could only go up to the court of the Gentiles. The, there was a war separating gentle worshippers from the rest of the temple area, and they could not go past it. Despite, despite this restriction, these God-fearing Greeks wanted to see Jesus. They approached Philip, probably because he was from Bethsaida, which bordered their own uh, gentle towns. And because Philip was probably uh, fluent and spoke the Greek language, Sir, they said to Philip, we would like to see Jesus. When Philip had the request of the Greeks, he went to another apostle, Andrew, and together they took the inquiry of these gentles to Jesus. The Apostle John presents Philip as a person like us. 
of average intelligence and not much of a problem solver. It was Philip who said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. What was Jesus' response? Jesus mildly rebuked Philip saying, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been with you for a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. I am glad that Jesus deliberately chose Philip because it gives hope to you and me. Philip was certainly an ordinary man, but the Lord Jesus Christ chose him. Choose Mr. Ordinary as his apostle. Let me assure you, God delights to do great things with the ordinary people. He chooses the nobodies of the world and makes them somebodies. We ourselves were nobodies, but God chose us. And in Jesus Christ, we are now somebodies. There were some restrictions. Restriction. You remember, I think even Matthew, you, you still remember. No ordination. We need to buy time. Even Mike, you need to do this one, two, three. We were nobodies. But now we are somebodies. God, God does things in his own ways. Not like maybe Father Don, he was somebody in Navy. But for me, I was completely nobody. No shoes, no whatever. No one could remember me. I was born in a very poor family. I didn't go to school as how other children could go. So who could remember me? A poor young man. But Jesus. I had no education. I had no shoes. I had no ad address. Completely nothing. Now today, as a poor man, from a poor family, I'm standing sharing the good news. I'm not special, but it's just God's favor. Just God's favor. I was, you know, last, 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 last week, I think, last two weeks, we had, we had the election for the archbishop in Tanzania. I was, you know, when we do election for the archbishop, all bishops are candidates. So the, the provincial synod, they vote uh, they are voting from those bishops. So now we are 28. Surprising. I was so surprised. I was number five. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I thank God that I didn't go through. Because I was telling Father Don that even if they could give me all votes, I could not accept that. Because one thing, Biharamuru is still a youngest diocese. There are a lot to do to our people. There are things I really like to see happening to our people. There are little things I, I really like to see that people are really changing. They are moving from one step 
to another. So for me to be uh, a big guy, the archbishop, that is not my, my prayer. Please pray for me that even in the future, that seat may, uh, I may survive. These Greeks had a strong desire to see Jesus. In John, we learn that the Pharisees, the, the Jewish leaders, were rejecting Jesus. Even today, we have some church leaders who are in court, today's Pharisees, who don't want to open the door for the ordinary people, simple person like me to see Jesus and join the ministry. They think you, are, you don't deserve, not educated enough. You don't have uh, a, a degree from a seminary. You have to wait. You know, all those today's Pharisees. Because if, if, if Jesus could look, if God could consider all those things, could I have been here really today? A poor man from uh, the villages who had no good background. But in verse 20, we see these Greeks representing the non-Jews world, wanting to see Jesus. In coming to Philip, they were in fact saying, Sir, we understand the Jews are rejecting Jesus. But we want to accept him. We want to hear him, trust him, believe in him, and be saved. The salvation of Gentiles was part of God's plan for Jesus. We know that Jesus came to die so that people could be saved, but God's plan was not only to save Jews, but also Gentiles. That's why even the ordinary people like me can stand and, and testify the God's serving hand. Why should we want to see Jesus? There are so many reasons, but I will list a few here. One, only Jesus can save his people from their sins. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the living bread. Jesus alone is from above. Jesus is the eternal one. Jesus the right of the world. Jesus the son of, of God. Jesus is the resurrection and the life, the beginning and the end. Jesus is the way. There is no other way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way to the Father. These Greeks were begging to see Jesus. In, a, in the Greek language, the verb means to beg continually, not just a one-time action. Have you ever done that? Have you begged? Please show me Jesus. These Greeks were begging Philip with the same interest as the Greek woman whose daughter was uh, demonized, beg, begged to see Jesus. Sir, we would like to see Jesus. Was the cry of the of the Greeks. Now, before I finish, 
Let me show you some few uh, pictures of, our, of what we are doing, of our ministry. You know, we are serving in a poor community, in a poor area. You can see that is, that is, that is their house. You know, uh, that is, uh, is a widow with uh, her two children, son and a daughter. So we do visit them, encourage them, pray for them so that they can have hope. They are going through, you see, that is a kid. You know, he, uh, he's carrying for you, you have vehicles, you have whatever. I don't know if there is some of you has called a, 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 like, like a sack of something in his or her head. Now she's going somewhere with, with the food, going home from the garden. Many of them, they don't even go to school. They walk many kilometers to go and find for a clean water. You can see uh, those um, children that they, they, they have traveled even more than 20 kilometers going looking for water. You can see that is one of the uh, wife of, of the evangelist, lay minister of one of the church, carrying three uh, those with, with, with water and the, and, the, and, the, and the carrying a baby. Uh, those also are, uh, now you find that parents, uh, they, they, they take time in the garden, uh, working, digging. Now you find that one, one, one child is looking after her sisters and the brothers at the home. So uh, you see uh, she's, she's carrying uh, a baby. Uh, then that is one of our evangelists. He was going to, uh, for a ministry, and then he found that it rained, and there was no way to, to cross, so he decided to carry a bicycle. By the way, one of the bicycles you, you, you helped us uh, to give to our, to our evangelist. So he's carrying his, his, his son and a bicycle to cross, to cross the river. Then, that is a short video. You can see life. They are making flour to cook ugari. They put maize because there is, there is no grind mills that they can make flour. So they, they are told no shoes, no shorts even. One of them has no shorts. That is that is that is life. That is uh, our our community. That is our people. That we are we are we are really serving. They are living in a very poor situation. Now, how can we do? You know what you do. You help us to make these poor people, poor community, to see Jesus. When you see, we carry. We call bags of clothes, bags of shoes. You know, Mike has been there. Uh, Father Bo, Father Don, Mama, they have been there. You see how really people are struggling. 
So to give someone a shirt, a t-shirt, shoes, you know, you're making a huge difference in their community. Uh, now, I'm not selling you hard things or troubling your mind. But just to remind you, as God's children, sons and daughters, we have to help others to see Jesus by faith, standing for the truth, living exemplary lives for our words and deeds. Not only in Africa, but even in this community, you have some people who are struggling with the different things. They have house, they have money, they have, you know, they lack nothing to eat, but they are struggling with the issues. That's why, you know, when I, I watch uh, international news, finding that there are some people committing suicide in America, I don't understand. But some of them, they, they are lonely, they are rejected. No one showed that they are, they are also created in God's image. They are struggling with different issues. So as now sons and daughters, uh, we need now to see how we can help, we can make them uh, see Jesus. I would like to take this opportunity once again to thank you so much for your prayers and the support providing to our Diocese of Biharamuru. The church is growing. As you remember, when we started the diocese, we had 84 churches, but now the number has increased. We have 130. This year, we have planned to, we have planned to plant 24 churches. This needs training for our lay ministers, so that they, our evangelists, so that they can look after those churches. We need to have at least Bibles. We need to have at least bicycles. We need to buy plots of land, piece of land that we can put up a church. We need at least to buy tents, simple tents that we can begin a church. Now, to begin a church well, at least you, uh, it needs, we are making a budget, it needs like one, one thousand, one thousand US dollars, one church to train an evangelist, to buy tents, and to buy some few Bibles uh, and, the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the tents and the bicycle to support the evangelist. So in order to plant 24 churches, means that we need like 24,000 US dollars, which is impossible to our people. Now, if someone cannot afford to buy just the one Bible, how can you ask him to donate 1,000? We are also, I was sharing that we are also building, we have started to build, I will send you photos maybe in the future. Uh, we are building a guest house of few rooms to see how we can, at least in three, five years when we finish it, at least we can have little income to support mission, to support poor people, uh, in our community who are knocking at my office almost every day so that we can have a means of planting more churches using the little 
uh, resources uh, we will get. Pray for our many evangelists and some clergy who walked long distance by foot that we can have a means of helping them uh, at least to have bicycles. Pray for our young people that need to have Bibles, but we can't afford to buy them. You find that uh, a church has even 200 people, but you find there are like <laughs> three or five Bibles. So it's is a big uh, a bit challenge. But also pray for us that amidst of those challenges, we may keep trusting God and be faithful. Sometimes challenges can kick you out, uh, giving up that maybe God has forgotten us. But pray for us that we can keep trusting him and be faithful. As I finish, I want to encourage you, Michael, that God has called you, not even Father Bob, not even your bishop, that has called you, God has called you to this holy ministry with your dear wife so that you can help and lead others to Jesus. You can help others to see Jesus. Remember, you cannot give what you don't have. Jesus must be your number one so that you can lead others to him. We are praying that Natalie will support you. We don't know what God has planned ahead of you. We don't know what are you going to do in the future, but God knows. What you need is just to trust him. He has called you, not that you're worthy enough, but because of his grace. God's grace has called you so that you can serve him, you can serve uh, his people. As I wind up, I want to thank you once again for the support you're providing to us, for, the, for your continuous prayer that you're praying for us, but also supporting my colleague here. Your clergy, deacons, and all the vestry members, you're doing amazing things. And may God bless you so much. And I was very, very happy when Father Don told me that, you know, you have now killed off your mortgage. I was so, I was so happy. I was so happy. You know, you have been generous to God faith if so now you have done that so that you you go you can have another room of doing another thing like supporting grace school and the other around the world who needs your support now god always blesses us god always bless you so that you can also bless others pray for last we are serving God in a hard situation, difficult situation, poor uh, areas, but we trust God and your always prayers keeps us moving. And the prayer that we have our decision synod this year, uh, Mama Kath and the, uh, uh, Papa Don will, will, will come uh, to encourage us, to speak to us, to join us, and also Father 
Father um, Bob and Mike, I hope. So I uh, pray for them and support them as uh, they travel in August to come and uh, join us. We'll keep you in our hearts. We'll keep you in our prayers as you serve God and may God bless you so much. Amen. <laughs>